Hello, welcome to Vulcan Investment Podcast, your source of market commentary, investment information. I'm Jeffrey Roy, and I'm with Aaron Chase, Portfolio Manager of Vulcan Investments. How are you today, Aaron? I'm great, Jeffrey. How are you doing? Great, great, thanks. Aaron, since the last time we spoke in early 2019, the markets were still reeling from market declines that began in early December. How would you sum up the market so far this year? Well, clearly, I mean, the markets have had a nice run up uh, since the beginning of 2019. Uh, the S&P 500, the TSX Composite, uh, as well as the MSCI World Index, which is which happens to be the benchmark at uh, Vulcan Investment, are all up uh, low double digits. While interestingly enough, the emerging markets are also up high single digits. But if you look at the markets over a trailing one year period, ended March uh, 2019, then the US market, the S&P 500 is down 2%. Canada is down 9%, while the emerging markets are down 4%. The only bright spots, interestingly enough, is in Europe and some key emerging markets. So we'll look at Europe in uh, another podcast, most likely, but for now, we'd like to look at uh, a couple of important uh, important, uh, emerging markets. An interesting point to note is that uh, the emerging markets have performed very well this year as a whole, despite weakness in some spots, and most notable performers have been China and India. India has beaten the global market meltdown and from mid-October 2018 is up almost 20%. Chinese stock markets too have rallied very well, despite the overhang of tariffs, as well as the slowing economy. But despite the rallies so far in the emerging markets, supported largely by its two strongest names, China and India, the space still looks quite interesting. Emerging markets, that's interesting. Why would you want to invest there with the global economy is kind of slowing? Well, I mean, obviously, when we talk about emerging markets, we have to be a little discerning and not jump into all of those markets. So say, for example, we would not we would not look at uh, either Turkey or Brazil as being uh, having investment potential at this point. So clearly one size does not fit all. The key driver for emerging market strength uh, going forward is continued weakness in the US dollar. Uh, Emerging market currencies have been rallying. The prospect of even a small rate cut now in the US is enough to add some fuel to the EM. Uh, emerging market rally. That's interesting. So a key reason for emerging market stock market gains is uh, US dollar weakness. Are there any any other factors? Any other particular emerging market ideas you have? Yes, I mean, we would like to highlight two markets in particular, which are China and India. One favorable uh, development as far as China is concerned is that the weight allocated to China's A share market, which is the domestic market, in key global indexes, uh, notably right now the MSCI All Country Asia X Japan, has increased quite significantly. So the weight of the China A shares in that index has gone from 0.9% of the index to 4.4%, which is very significant. In addition, other index providers like the FTSE and uh, Standard & Poor's are looking to add to their China A share weights. The impact will be increased fund flows into China, running into the billions of dollars from global institutional investors who follow these indexes. Perhaps this is coming at the right time as China clearly is beginning to stimulate its consumer economy. Now, in the case of India, polls suggest a win for Prime Minister Narendra Modi in the forthcoming federal government elections in May. And this is the favored outcome for foreign investors. There has been a steep spike in foreign investor interest in India, and the entry of foreign investors has also simultaneously been eased in China, which has also, which partly has also influenced the change in the index weight uh, for the Chinese domestic equity market. So China and India are both effectively widening foreign investor access to their markets. Now, lastly, also consider that the economic fight between uh, the U.S. and China could see a resolution sooner or later. Now, this is not necessarily 
just our internal view, but but it reflects the market consensus as a whole. And that market consensus right now does not really care if that resolution between China and, and China and the United States is the best possible outcome, as long as there is an outcome that everyone can live with. The removal of tariffs on China by the US does, is likely to be a very key event. That's interesting. I like your comment about China's developing consumer economy. Sounds similar to the US and Canada in the 1950s and 1960s. Yeah, it does. Um, and essentially what it tells us is there could be really a long runway of domestic consumption growth in China if they play their cards right. But China's GDP is slowing right now. It's at around 6%, down from 7 or 8 Is that a concern? So, so obviously, slowing growth would be a concern. But if you, if you look at it, you know, most, of the, most of the global uh, brokers that cover China, most of the analysts that cover China, we're seeing, we've seen a lot of earnings downgrades. But those earnings, earning downgrades are seeing a declining momentum. So while China is at the center of the global economic slowdown, and there are very valid worries given the slowdown in Chinese industrial production, and earnings of industrial companies. Several fiscal management and macro counter-cyclical steps have been taken by the Chinese government and central bank. So for example, they've increased lending support to small and medium enterprises. Taxes have been reduced by two trillion yuan and companies' social security contributions have also been reduced. And most importantly, investor access, uh, domestic market access to foreign portfolio investors has also been relaxed. And this will likely bolster inflows on the capital account and thus offset declines in China's current account balance. Global institutional investors right now are investing, are ramping up their investments in China and we can see that in the China index ETFs, they're reflecting those, that, that buoyancy. Wow, interesting. So what you're saying then is the Chinese government is helping consumers to be flush with cash so they will uh, buy more consumer goods and thus grow the economy. Effectively, yes. That's, that's the whole idea behind what the Chinese government is doing right now. How can investors take advantage of the emerging market story in their portfolios right now? Well, the easiest and most simplest way uh, to take advantage of the China and India story is, is through direct country ETFs. So numerous large ETF providers uh, offer these products, tracking either national indexes or customized indexes. So good examples would be, and here are trading symbols, the INDA and EPI for India. EPI is an offering from Wisdom Tree, which tracks earnings of uh, several large Indian companies. And in China's case, we track the FXI, so trading symbol is FXI, uh, which basically reflects all the large uh, Chinese companies. Obviously, we're open to uh, you know, discussing ideas of more specific investment vehicles uh, or even timing of investments in these overseas markets. So we'd obviously welcome calls or emails from you. Great. Thank you for listening. This sums up our podcast for now. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more.